This week's episode of Super Duty Tough Work is sponsored by Free Music Empire. Free Music Empire is a music platform and weekly hip-hop podcast dedicated to showcasing new hip-hop music, analyzing older music, and trying to elevate the discourse around how we, as listeners, digest music. Not only are they one of the few sites that still writes long-form album reviews, they've also interviewed a ton of artists like Homeboy Sandman, Sage Francis, Elucid, Midas the Beast, Fatboy Sharif, Curly Castro, Alaska, Black Lick, Stick Figure, and even Super Duty Tough Work's own Illogic. Their weekly State of the Game podcast series analyzes trends and questions in hip-hop culture at a macro level. And for those that want to dive deeper, they've got even more exclusive content on their Patreon page. Check out freemusicempire.com for more information. We want to thank them for sponsoring this week's episode. Back to the show. Good morning. Super duty tough work. Yeah. It's your boys. Friendly neighborhood podcast. Blueprint and a logic. Back again. Doing what we do. Letting people know what it is on these cold streets. <laughs> it's cold out here, man. This is for real. If you haven't heard that song in a while, today is the perfect day to play it. <laughs> Definitely is. Because this next week, I looked at the forecast for the next few days, and it's like minus this, minus that, single digits and negative shit out there. And I'm like, whew, I'm not trying to go out there in that shit. So we are here podcasting for the people. If you listen to this, you know, if you're driving, hope you're staying warm. If you're at home and you get to work indoors or at, uh, you know, in your home office, good on you. Be careful out there in these streets. Double and triple layer up. Keep the Long Johns in effect. Team Long John in the house. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, we here once again doing a thing. Quick update for all you people at home. Logic and I are officially losing weight now. Facts. Logic, how many pounds you down? Seven. Let's go. Yeah. Y'all heard the New Year's episode. Yeah. Y'all heard the disgust we had when speaking upon our own weight. Yeah. And we ain't even doing the challenge yet. We ain't had to do no challenge. (laughs) (laughs) We just going in. Exactly. We didn't even make it official. We just knew it was time. Yeah. We was disgusted. Sometimes you don't need to do a challenge. Make it. You ain't even got to put it into the universe. Shit be in your heart. We just tired of being fat. (laughs) (laughs) I can see it in Logic's eyes. This man was sick of being fat. Yes, very sick. He could hear it in my voice. I was fed up with being fat. (laughs) The flab, y'all. I'm down 8.6 pounds in like 17 days. Two weeks, a little over two weeks. If I keep going at this pace, man, I might be down 10, 15 pounds by the end of the month. Facts. If I get down 15 in the first month, it's a wrap. Yeah. You can't say nothing to me. Can't tell me shit. (laughs) Y'all know. You know. But that's a quick little update about us. If you at home, I hope you got on top of that shit too. We've been doing it with all diet, no exercise. Yeah. Making good, healthy decisions. You know. Maybe what I'll publish. I've sent my, my diet plan to a couple people, you know, and uh, who hit me up. I made a post on Twitter, you know, 
Elijah, he was the first one. Like, hey, bro, send me that. Mm-hmm. What you over there eating? You, you losing weight too fast. <laughs> I, I need to take some pieces of that and then adopt it into what I got going on over here. Yep, Sent it to him. Exactly. My man Tajay from Souls of Mischief hit me too. I said, I got you on the DMs, bro. Boop, 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 boop. Brother's trying to lose weight. You on Twitter, hit me. Let me know. You need it. I'll DM it to you. Ah, but we do have a podcast to do today. Logic, how you doing, man? Good, man. You know, it's early. Tired. You know. It's been right. writing a lot. You yes. Know what I'm Getting some bars off. Trying to, trying to Trying to get that song a weekend. You know what I'm saying? Let's trying go. to at least get that song a weekend. Um, but um, yeah, man, just, you know, enjoying enjoying my vacation, my birthday coming up. You know, every mm. year, every year I take the week of my birthday off of work. It's the 18th, you know, it's right? Of, yeah, the 18th. So next Thursday, this Thursday coming up. Okay. And um, yeah, I always take the week of my birthday off to kind of recharge. You know, it's mm. kind of my beginning of the year, you know, yeah. to reset. You know, kind of make plans for what I'm going to do, you know, get, yeah. get off to a good start. You Let's know what go. I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. So this week, folks, you know, we've talked enough. Talk your ears off. Y'all know how we do mm-hmm. these things. This week, you know, we talking about some hip hop shit. And this is something that's been uh, floating around. A lot of discussions. And it's about this little brother documentary. I don't know how many of you have watched it. The documentary is called May the Lord Watch. It's a little brother story as told by Fonte and Big Pooh. Um, Ninth Wonder did not uh, participate, you know, which I'm sure we'll talk about in this discussion. But there's a lot of lessons in this documentary. Yes. A lot of them, especially if you are working in a group setting. Yes. And I think that, you know, there's things that happened in this documentary that had me like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm, yeah. Yeah, been, been there. Been there. We synced it. It happens. Mm, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'd like to, uh, we're going to talk about those things today. And uh, if you have not watched it, I highly encourage you to watch this documentary. It's very dope, very well done. And uh, we'll, we'll first we'll talk about like what we thought of it. And then we'll talk about just like some observations from it that you may be able to take away from it and apply to everything you got going on. So we'll take a break and we'll be right back. We got you stuck off the realness, the most infamous. You heard of us, official podcast murderers. The show comes equipped with few points to share. Grown man ideas for all those who care and want to grow. So go ahead and download every single week with a brand new episode. You're not alone in this world, cousin. So we share information and honest discussion and keep repping the culture like we supposed to. They spread gossip, but they never come closer. I can hear it inside their tongue. They talk about the industry but never left their home You get laced up with bullet points and such Plus empowering topics that they never would touch You can put your whole network against the team But Super Duty Tough Works the MVP Most valuable podcast on MP3 Priceless info but all of it's free So take these words home and think them through Super Duty Tough Work is coming at you now listening to Super Duty Tough Work with your host, Blueprint, raw and uncut, 
adult conversations. No shucking, no jiving, and no bullshit. This week's episode of Super Duty Tough Work is sponsored by Free Music Empire. Free Music Empire is a music platform and weekly hip-hop podcast dedicated to showcasing new hip-hop music, analyzing older music, and trying to elevate the discourse around how we, as listeners, digest music. Not only are they one of the few sites that still writes long-form album reviews, they've also interviewed a ton of artists like Homeboy Sandman, Sage Francis, Elucid, Midas the Beast, Fatboy Sharif, Curly Castro, Alaska, Black Lick, Stick Figure, and even Super Duty Tough Work's own Illogic. Their weekly State of the Game podcast series analyzes trends and questions in hip-hop culture at a macro level. And for those that want to dive deeper, they've got even more exclusive content on their Patreon page. Check out freemusicempire.com for more information. We want to thank them for sponsoring this week's episode. Back to the show. All right, folks, we're back. Super Duty Tough Work. This week, we're talking about the Little Brother documentary, May the Lord Watch. Um, this came, it's been on maybe a couple months, a month or two. Yeah, a couple months. A couple months. Uh, There's been a lot of buzz about it. Pretty much everybody I know who does music at some point has made a tweet about this uh, film and really enjoyed it. They really found it inspiring. And I was like, okay, I need to watch it. And I realized that this might be something that we should talk about on this podcast. Because we don't really get to do album reviews like we typically would like to. But um, we should be doing a review for something like this because it is something that speaks to a lot of people. And so, uh, you know, the story, if I were to summarize it, it's basically from the beginning. It's not something that starts with an album moving forward. It starts from the very beginning. uh, Their uh, introduction to music how they were raised, how they met, um, meeting in college, forming a group, putting in work, getting signed and everything that comes along with it from there. And, and that's where you start to see like the, the real shit they go through all started to me when they got signed, yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, um, I, I have no complaints about the film because sometimes people, when, especially when people make their own film, there's never anything negative in it. Right. Sometimes uh, documentaries can just be like puff pieces where people edit out all the ugly stuff. This one did not edit out anything ugly. Nope. And the ugliness was kind of a, a focal point of the you know the middle latter half of it yeah yeah once once you got past that early one third of the movie where it was like oh hey hip-hop oh we chasing the dream yeah it got kind of ugly kind of fast yeah everything yeah. got very real in this film yeah and uh that to me is kind of a lot of its charm because even at the underground level we have no idea. We assume that just because they're not on major labels or because they're not household names that they just chilling and everybody get along and everything is all good. And mm-hmm. people have no fucking idea the dynamics at play when you're a in a group B signed and trying to make it work with different personalities. Yeah. That shit is not easy to do. And um, overall, I thought it was a very dope film. 
I think it's yeah. very important for all artists to watch. I think all artists who um, are in groups, working in a group setting, um, or if you are a just like a solo person and you want to start working with artists as a producer or something like that, I think you should watch the film even for that. I don't think you need to be a hip hop person to learn something from this film. Uh, there's some themes that go on throughout it. And those themes uh, really, really uh, illustrate that when they don't handle those things good, it goes really poorly. And those are some things we're going to talk about in this episode. But overall, I thought it was great. Uh, I think it will greatly, greatly inspire their fan base. Oh, definitely. And I think that honestly, for a group who lived kind of in the shadow of Ninth Wonder at many instances, them telling their story to me was kind of overdue. Mm -hmm. Yep. Kind of overdue. Like Ninth Wonder is everywhere. Um, so and a lot of people felt like he was the the driving force behind the group. And but everybody knows that Fonte is super talented and Pooh can rap as well. You know what I'm saying? It's like they're not like they're bums. They're not like this ain't no fucking group home we talking about. Right, right. These fools can rap. It's not no fucking Malachi the nutcracker getting carried by Primo. You know what I mean? No, these fools can rap. And so, um, but no one really knew their story. And I think it was dope that they finally got to tell it. Obviously, Ninth Wonder was not in it. It would have had even more weight had he been in it. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure that this man has plenty of platforms. And when, if when he's ready, he can go on any of them and tell his story. Because right. he's, you know, pretty damn popular. Or he probably maybe will make his own film. You know? Yeah. Another commendable part to me was the fact that they made the film. They yeah. they they paid for that fucking film. I have put out a film. I know what it takes. I shot, you know, 50% of my film. I edited all of it. You know what I mean? I did color. I did sound design. I, I, I promoted it. I did a, a, a film tour. Releasing a film is a huge undertaking. I commend them for that, especially for putting up the money and sacrificing everything that needs to happen to see that thing through. That's not easy. Yeah. And so those are my thoughts on it. I, you know, it's excellent to me. Logic, what are your thoughts? I thought it was great. Um, I, I'm a little brother fan, but I was never a fan of the listening. Mm. And watching that made me want to go back yeah. and see if I missed something. Because yeah. it's 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 like one of those records that when everybody was, you know, hype on it and I heard it, I was like, meh, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, and, and, it, and it's like blasphemy. I know it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? But no, nah, not really. Every- I get it because I, I felt the same way. I was very late to it. And I'm, I'm I think it's dope, but it's not like it's not my favorite shit in their catalog. Yeah. Like every record after I, I, I actually purchased, you know, yeah. still listen to to this day. Um, never really was a big fan of the listening, but hearing their story and understanding how everything started and how it progressed and understanding the dynamics of the group and how things changed and broke and fixed and all that stuff, it really made me appreciate their music a lot more. It really made me kind of see us in it a little bit 
in certain instances, mm-hmm. um, you know, as far as wait lists and the things that we went through as a crew, not just a group, but as a crew. Yep. Um, and, you know, I thought it was, like you said, really well done um, and long overdue. And I think Fonte is like one of the greatest people, you know what I'm saying? Just <laughs> his personality and just how he conveys his thoughts and message, like, He's just in a, a, a really great dude just to watch on camera and listen to as an artist. And it gave me a lot more appreciation for Pooh as well. Yes. You know, yeah. um, you know, because it's it's just like with any group, you know, Lauren Hill was the, you know, the Fuji's, you know, prize was that dude that was in the background. And, right. You know, right. Right. Clef was, you know. It's always like that in the group. There's always a standout. Mm-hmm. You know, Tame One was the standout in the artifacts. You know what I mean? Like. There's always a standout, and with Fonte being so good, Pooh kind of gets, you know, overshadowed sometimes. So it gave me a greater appreciation for him. Um, so I mean, I, th- I enjoyed it. You know, I, I watched it twice. Um, so yeah, you know, and I caught a lot of a lot of things that I didn't catch for some reason in the first the first time I watched it. But definitely something I would recommend for any artist or any any person dealing with any dynamics of groups of people you know to watch and you know kind of you can you can glean lessons from it you know in in any facet of life hell yeah yeah i agree and i, I definitely agree about like appreciating pool more by the end of it you know yeah. what i mean and it's crazy because it's like like you said every group has that person but some reason what what he kind of showed me was like yo whether you're the standout guy in the group or not you deserve to be respected equally yep. if you show up every fucking day yep, and do and, your job and do your job. Like there's no reason to treat somebody like they don't have equal say or they're not equally important just because they're not as dope as the best guy in the group. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And sometimes what people don't know is that behind the scenes, those people who may not be the most talented in the group be the ones holding the shit together. They might not be the, in the front of it. Yep. But you don't know the inner workings of this shit behind the scenes. Yeah. And the motherfucker you think is the most talented might be the motherfucker who causing the shit to fall apart. Yep, exactly. <laughs> you just don't know, you know, through the ego. So, yeah, that's what we think about it. So we're going to take a break and uh, we're going to come back and talk about our observations about it and the lessons that we took away from it. And uh, we'll be right back. What's up, everybody? This is Blueprint, here to let you know about the latest release from Pennsylvania producer South Hill Productions, titled Balancing Act. As guys who grew up on classic boom-bap hip-hop music, we're always checking for good music in that lane, and Balancing Act checks all the boxes. It's musical enough to vibe out to, hard enough to keep your head bobbing, but composed well enough to keep you interested Far more than just a beat tape, Balancing Act is a dope instrumental project that you should absolutely check out that has a great combination of chopped up samples and live instrumentation. You can find this album at southhill.bandcamp.com. Again, southhill.bandcamp.com. There you'll find that producer Sean Carter of South Hill Productions has a gang of back catalog music as well. And yes, all the music you heard on this commercial break is theirs. Check them out, y'all. Back to the show. 
quick announcement. Over the years, we've frequently been asked by the listeners of our show if we would ever open up our platform to the public for advertising. We've always been interested in doing it, but in the past, we never had the systems in place to make it work properly. I'm proud to announce that we are now officially accepting advertising from the public on Super Duty Tough Work. Meaning, if you are a business owner or an artist and would like to create more awareness about your product, service, or release on our platform, we're now in a position to be able to do that. For more information, email us at superdutytoughwork at weightless.net. That's superdutytoughwork at weightless.net. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you would like to promote, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible about whether it's a good fit and go from there. Thanks for your time. Back to the show. Are you an artist who has the talent to succeed but has a hard time executing? Do you have the will to win but lack the plan? Are you tired of having great ideas that never come to fruition or starting new projects but never finishing them? If you answered yes to any of these questions, reach out to me at superdutytoughwork at weightless.net to book a one-on-one coaching call. Tell me a little bit about who you are, what you're trying to do, and I'll see if I can be of service to you. Have a great day. Okay, folks, we are back. This week we're talking about Little Brother documentary, uh, May the Lord Watch. And, uh, you know, we gave our general feedback in the last segment. Now we want to talk about some general lessons that, you know, we observe watching this film. And there are a few. Uh, the number one thing that I kind of wrote down that stood out to me is that a bad record deal can destroy a group easily. One bad deal. What a lot of artists don't understand and you don't know until you're in this industry is that for most artists trying to get signed or getting signed is the ultimate validation. Right. Not just for the artist, but for everybody around the artist. So some people, they don't think you're legit unless you are signed to a label. Yep. There are many fans who you could be a local artist, top dog, killing it locally forever. They'll never fuck with you or come to your show until they read that article that says you got signed by X label. Don't really matter who the label is. The outside validation to a lot of people means more than the work you've done up to that point. I don't like that it's that way, but it creates a situation where for most artists, we know this getting signed becomes the goal. Yeah. Making a living off of art becomes. We assume that that happens when we're signed. Right. The conflict is that in many instances, getting signed doesn't mean you were making enough money to make a living off your art. And so you have bad deals that get signed. Deals that people sign because they think this person is going to. Look out for me because they've been in it this long. They're going to do right by us because why wouldn't they? Why would they set us up with this deal just to jerk us? You know, the better we do, the more music we give them, right? 
That better everyone does. Unfortunately, the music industry don't really work like that. It's a lot of snakes in the music industry. And the first thing that you notice in this Little Brother documentary is that the, the, the pressure to get signed and everything that come along with being on a label can destroy a fucking group. Yeah. You had so many instances, like, for example, they signed the, the shitty Benny B deal. I ain't going to call it a, a shitty deal. They didn't know it was a shitty deal. You know what I'm saying? The ABB deal. That was it was a, it was almost it was almost worse because of the original contract like uh Fonte uh dude said Fonte called him like this should say seven albums. Yeah, like, what yeah. the fuck? We'd have never heard yeah. from them again. They'd have broke up right after right. the first record with that shit. Yeah. So that bad deal led to them signing to a label that wasn't their first choice. It was the first choice of the, the label they signed with, with Benny B and ABB records. So that right there leads them to two situations that are not ideal for them. Right. Okay, now you got this record, and now because you on this major, and they got all this other shit going on, and the tide of music is changing, you're now getting compared to all these other late artists on there who are making ringtone music. You know what I'm saying? You got the downward pressure of all this shit. They make the concept record, and that record is, the, their A&R had their back, but the rest of the label was just like, you know, they talk about going in there being like no music playing, like right. a graveyard in the label. This is the day your record drop. Nobody in there yep. excited. Nobody playing it. Nobody fucking bump. Nobody on the phone. Yo, you, you working a record. They knew it was going to be bad. Yep. Because they signed the first deal, they had to do the second deal there. And then because they had one album left on the first bad deal, they had to do another record and give it to that guy. Yep. <laughs> And this this culminates in the font they saying, hey, the first foreign exchange record I did, I made more in the first month of that than I did off of three albums. Yeah. For these other people. I never saw a check for $25,000. First month of putting out Foreign Legion, I got a check for that much. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But it goes to show you, like, the pressure of, of trying to get the deal can create dynamics in the group and that's just that made him not want to be in it then you got guys like ninth wonder who's working with other artists bad deal or not he's good because he's a producer yeah. right yep. <laughs> he can eat yep. whether yep. the group make money or not it him being in that kind of deal didn't really matter yeah because a lot of his money was probably up front you know what i'm saying like he might have got some residuals off the back end on, depending man. on you know he working with beyonce and jay-z yeah it's all you know advertising. It's advertising yeah. to him. Easy. Easy. Then you got somebody like Pooh, who when they when when Fonte wants to leave that situation, mm -hmm. he's all these other labels want to sign him. And because yeah. he don't want to he wants to sign it and Fonte don't want to sign, that creates tension. They fall out over that. Yeah, and it's interesting, like that part I find interesting because Fonte was a lot more forward thinking. You know, and Pooh was still in the, we got to be signed to be relevant. Yep. You know, as yep. opposed to thinking about, okay, financially we'll be better off if we stick to our own shit. Yes. And then we can create the press. We can create the, because we're already little brother. Yes. Fonte understood we're already little brother. Let's build off of what we've already done yes. and what we've already accomplished. And it seems like Pooh was still stuck in that. You know, I got to get a deal to be 
to be somebody to, yeah. to for this to be real right you know? right and and what people don't know is like those things do create tension yeah definitely because deals last like everybody here logic and i we've seen some bum deals we've seen some deals and and we've had bad experiences with labels who maybe we gave a record to you know maybe you know maybe we want that motherfucker back maybe they said they was gonna do something they didn't do it and so like we're not strangers to that right and i know for a fact that like if you're in a group and one you have to agree yeah you have to like you if one motherfucker don't want to take the record over there the record ain't going over there right <laughs> it's not it's not not no group if one motherfucker say hey nah we not i don't want to do that with them you cannot do business with those people because if you put your, per, your the person in your group in that position it'll mess up everything so once once fonte was like nah i'm not going over there and then once he actually proved what he was thinking there was no way he was going back there ever Right. And it's funny. It's crazy because he was thinking that way ahead of time. You know, there wasn't a lot of direct to to fan shit when Mm -hmm. when the first foreign exchange came out. There wasn't a lot of direct to fan shit back then when the little brother was was popping originally. Yeah, it wasn't like that yet. You know what I'm saying? Like Bandcamp didn't exist. You know what I mean? So him thinking that way was really on some cutting edge shit. Yeah. And I, I think he he's a smart dude. And I think like if you putting in all that work, doing all that touring and you get a check from the label and it's four five years, and you ain't even seen twenty five thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. You definitely going to have some. Some resentment there. Yeah. And, and somebody's going to have to work pretty hard to convince you to stay down that path, which is why, you know, you look at it. Fonte was describing. uh being let off the label as like a blessing. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Pooh was kind of down about, he wasn't as celebratory about them losing that deal. Right. You know what I mean? Fonte was like, you mean to tell me we get to get out of here and, and, and they just going to let us walk. Yep. She bet. <laughs> <laughs> bet. It was a gift to him. Yeah. You ain't got to tell me twice. Yeah. But I mean, you can understand why Pooh might've had, apprehension apprehension about it because he wasn't the foreman of the group he wasn't the the front guy you know what i mean mm-hmm. and so he might have and it just he wanted that muscle and it, the best case scenario being on a major label works you you can really really make it happen yeah you know what definitely. i mean um but that to me i think was a driving force in some of their stress as a group even you look at it like they went to europe and they didn't want Ninth Wonder out there being at the shows and not performing. Right. The label wanted him out there. Right. They didn't want him on that run because it created all this confusion that they had to live with and explain every night to everybody. Mm-hmm. Where is he at? Why ain't I here? Why this? Why that? It was better for them if he wasn't there because when he came there, they failed to create a confusion. Right. The label did that by sending him out there. They had an understanding that he wasn't going to go. You know what I mean? But the pressure of being on the deal, that leads to him showing up, them telling this motherfucker to go home, them all falling out. And be like, oh, word? Okay. Basically, fuck y'all then. Which who, anybody would say. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We'd be like, oh, this is what it is? They're like, oh, no, nah, we don't want you here. You done floating all the way out there, you and your wife, 
And they're like, nah, we don't really want you here at the show. We don't want you doing none of this shit with us right now because it creates more confusion. I'm sure that's conflict, but the pressure of being on the label creates that. Yeah. So yeah, that's the number one observation. Number two observation about this documentary is that communication is the most important aspect of keeping a group together. If you don't take nothing else from this podcast, <laughs> this is the one. <laughs> this is the one. This is the one. Communication. I got to run it back. Let me, let me make it. It's been a while since I ran something back. Okay, the people in the back, can you hear me? Communication is the most important aspect of keeping a group together. I don't care how nice you are on the mic, I don't care how nasty your beats are. I don't care how good you are at social media. I don't care how many fans you got. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Communication is the most important aspect of holding it together. If you can honest commu- communication, honest too. communication, you yeah. may not like what a motherfucker say. They may not like what you say, but it's important to be able to communicate clearly and effectively with the people that you are in a group with doing business with. Yes. Otherwise, you will have a myriad of problems, be it uh, people not understanding their role, people not being able to communicate with other people effectively, uh, groups not being able to get together and have conversations all together and be honest about where their priorities lie, what's important, what their plan is, what they can do, what they can't do. If you can't communicate like this, your group will always fall apart. And the little brother story to me is a perfect example of a group not being able to communicate effectively at the time that some of these things were going on. Yeah. They eventually learned. They eventually realized, hey, we got to at least be able to have these conversations. You know what I'm saying? Like, who, who want to go talk to him? I'll yep. go talk to him. <laughs> kind of moments where everybody didn't want to have to talk, but somebody, hey, look, I'll go tell him what we all are saying. Yeah. And it may be messed up at the time, but it's what was necessary to move things forward. And so people could know where shit stood and know how to move accordingly. But the lack of communication to me was a theme throughout the whole thing. Yeah, I completely agree. I think. One of the things, too, is once Ninth made that move to start producing for Jay-Z and Beyonce and all that stuff, that's when they needed to sit down initially and have a conversation. Yeah. Because he was taken off, and they and they were cool with that. It wasn't like he ran off in secret and did this. Like They knew that was happening. Yeah. They signed off on it and said, yo, you do that, then you come meet up with us, blah, blah, blah you know, later on the tour, whatever. But once that stuff started to break down, instead of letting it continue and letting it fester till it got to a point where somebody need to go talk to him, everybody should have sat down and had a conversation and said, okay, what are you doing? What's your plan? What's, what's going on with the group? Should me and Pooh move on? Are we doing this together? Whatever. You know what I'm saying? And that way you have that conversation and then feelings don't get all wrapped up and then people mm-hmm. getting cussed out and 
people get mad and, you know, all this extra shit. From the mm-hmm. beginning, if they would have had a conversation from the beginning, they may have still broke up, but it wouldn't have been as bad of blood between yeah. everybody. Yeah. And and to add on to that, if Ninth would have been willing to have a conversation with Pooh. Right. You know what I'm saying? At various points where he said he was going to call Pooh and they were, and they were going to work everything out. And Pooh felt like he don't respect me enough uh, to even communicate with me. Mm-hmm. Like that to me is like Pooh handled it very with some class. Right, right. But you could kind of tell that he that he nah that that hurt. Yeah, like you in a group with a motherfucker, you putting in just the same amount of work as they they are. But due to what this guy perceives is, oh, you not the talented motherfucker. You not the most talented, so you the least important. Right. I don't have to respect you equally enough to communicate with you. I'm only gonna talk to Fonte. You know what I'm saying? Communication as well from. Pooh going in the hospital. Yep. Yep. Fonte not calling him. Yep. That's Nick. Hey, you people don't forget those moments, man. Nah, nah. That's that's some real life shit. Real life shit. Yeah. Like all of their shit to me was rooted in like, hey, conversations were had eventually that weren't had initially. Yeah. And everything kind of got messed up due to those conversations or lack of communication and you know that depends every group is different but from what i've seen in my experience with weightless and doing music and groups is that everybody's not an extrovert everybody's not a great communicator when it comes to saying things that they think other people might not like yeah and sometimes uh we're hesitant to talk about things if we think they're gonna hurt people's feelings or their egos or it might be unflattering. Yeah. But those are the conversations you have to have to keep good things going. Um, or else you can end up like really, really ruining a, a great group and a great friendship. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Number three thing. <coughs> Observation from this documentary is that one member not sacrificing can kill a group yes this is something that is like it's a theme throughout it when when they went on that first tour i don't think they knew what touring was like like they said they didn't know they was gonna be in a camper they didn't know it was gonna be uh, bugging it out what we know touring to be especially your first tour they go on this first tour with their dj and it's just them two ninth ain't there ninth in the studio with jay-z and beyonce they were they know he not built for this He's not willing to do this. When he he's thinking about coming out there, they're like, "We're not coming out here, bro." Then eventually, when things get better for them, he don't want to necessarily come out there like that. Right. He just wants to do the big big joints. You know what I mean? Let me just do the the festivals and shit, the high profile joints. He probably don't want to do the club dates like that with them. He ain't trying to thug it out. And um, it creates a situation where people in the group start to perceive that one member who they are being paid the same as who they work just as hard as is not sacrificing like they are. And if you don't get ahead of that thing right there, it'll destroy a group. Yeah. You know, this is, this is what happened with us. With weightless. 
um, one member of the crew wasn't built to sacrifice. Yep. And kind of fucked everything up, even between me and you. Like, yes. you know, at, with that shit, like, me and you didn't talk for a, a pretty long time. Yes, yes. You know? Yes. Um, and it, it, it threw everything off. Again, communication. Yep. And that member not will, being willing to sacrifice and actually feeling that they needed to take from us, you know, caused a rift between everybody. Yep. And everybody fell out for it. I think it was about a year that we yes. kind of, yes. yeah, it was, it, was a, yes. it was an extended period of time where we didn't speak because yeah. this person, you know, didn't, didn't, didn't want to sacrifice and, and thought they deserved more than they were getting. And it fucked everything up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the key too is with that is like, everybody has to be very clear about what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is what, the vision is for this group. This is what we need to do to achieve it. Are you trying to do it? Right. Not are you trying to do it right now? Are you willing to do it moving forward for the foreseeable future? Because if you are, then that means you're willing to sacrifice to keep this ahead and we can build around that. If you're not, we need to know right now. Because if you're not, it creates all these situations. Like you're saying, one motherfucker is, is, is not trying to sacrifice. They trying to take. Other motherfuckers is, is letting it ride. Like, shit, I, I, all those years we talk about the weightless shit, all those years, I never paid myself because I was thinking, I'll get mine on the back end. We'll pay everybody first. I had no idea motherfuckers was going to steal the money. Right. I thought motherfuckers was just going to, you know, respect my sacrifice. <laughs> right, 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 right. They respect the sacrifice. They wasn't trying to sacrifice. Nah, not at all. You know what I mean? And that's uh that's with us. We've experienced this. Yeah. Everybody not willing to go out there and go on the road. Everybody not willing to go out there and, and put in work to build something up. I've I've done those things, but I know that if you're in a group with somebody and they're not willing to do it, it makes it very awkward. Yep. And it can destroy a group. He's in a uh, little brother is no exception between like the deals. Like, like you could even say that Pooh felt like not signing was a sacrifice. Right. Yeah. To him, it was like, we got deals on the table from other labels. I'm sacrificing to do it myself. Mm-hmm. Whereas Fonte might've been like, nah, I've sacrificed three albums to those deals yeah i don't want to sacrifice anymore right because i ain't made shit <laughs> yeah right and we got classics like that's 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 a fucked up feeling when you got classics and you broke like you know the, the press love you your peers love you and you look at your bank account and it's like you know where the love at in that motherfucker ain't no love <laughs> right. in my bank account bank don't love my you, bank don't bank. love me though Where's the love at in there? That joint hates me. My bank account is pissed off. Like, that's a real thing. And people, the ninth felt he was, he would have had to sacrifice to go on a roll with them. Yep. And is he going to miss out on production opportunities? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, everybody has sacrifices that they're looking at. And those three guys were each looking at sacrificing something different. And, and, but, one person not doing what the group agrees to do will kill the whole group. Yeah. So that's number three. Uh, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. Break. 
Sup everybody, got some big news to share with you all today. I'm proud to announce that for the first time, I will be opening up my artist coaching and consulting services to the public. I have been doing it for several years behind the scenes, helping artists and small businesses achieve their goals, but it's never been something that I made publicly available, nor anything that I promoted until now. So if you're an artist or a small business owner, I'm now available to be booked for one-on-one -on -one sessions designed to help you achieve your goals as quickly and as efficiently as possible. If this is something that you're interested in, email me at superdutytoughwork at waitlist.net. Tell me a little bit about yourself and we'll get the ball rolling from there. I look forward to working with you all. Peace. This is your weekly reminder that we have two books that you as a listener or watcher of this podcast need to absolutely own. The first is the 10 traits of successful hip hop artists. And the second is the social media cheat code. Both of these books were released within the last year. The 10 traits of successful hip hop artists is a book where I go through the stories and explain the traits that uh, are behind the success of some of the biggest names in hip hop today. Um, the book has got nothing but amazing feedback. And if you are an artist, business person, whatever you do, if you would like to be inspired and would like to learn more about hip hop along the way and also see some some reinforcement of the concepts that we talk about on this podcast, the 10 traits of successful hip hop is for you. Second book is the social media cheat code. That is for everyone who listens to this podcast who does not uh, consider themselves an expert or really good at social media. It's not for super experienced people. It's actually for people who are on social media, but are not getting the results you need. So what we did is I broke down like 12 or 13 strategies that I use all the time that actually work really well for me. I put it into book. I gave you examples and I tell you how to implement it. That's a book you absolutely need as a listener to this podcast, watcher this podcast. If you're on YouTube, supporting these books actually goes a long way towards supporting the podcast. So uh, to support the show, if you like what we do, obviously we don't necessarily get paid to do this shit. So support the products and services that we create. And these two books are a big part of that. We appreciate your support and uh, back to the show. All right, folks, we back. Hellified long break on our ends. Y'all can't tell on y'all ends, but yeah, we just had a this this conversation inspired us to have some very deep conversations yeah. off air. Um, so yeah, we're talking about the little brother documentary today. May the Lord watch. We got three bullet points left, three lessons left from this documentary. Let's talk about this fourth one, and this fourth one is very very important. The fourth lesson from the documentary is that. Keeping friendships alive can sometimes kill the group. Mm. That's one that uh, you don't really think about until you're in that position. Yeah. Um, what I saw in this documentary was things reached a point where Fonte uh, realized that a lot of the problems they were having in the group were because they did not have that rapport friendship thing there that communication that friends have and that sometimes when you start your career you do music with people who are talented as you that's your bond it's the music that's what puts you in a group but what keeps you in a group is your friendship that's what forms the brotherhood that thing that makes you 
text somebody, even if you ain't got nothing music going on. Right. Call somebody. Hey, man, how you doing? Just checking on you, man. Hope you well. We don't need no records out for somebody to check on somebody. Seems to me like. It took a while. But Fonte realized it. And when you look back, I think that's what caused their problems with Ninth. Yep. He was a different kind of dude than them, but they didn't have the thing where they would just be on the phone chopping it up with him. And because they didn't have that friendship, it caused problems in the group. And what Fonte ultimately realized is that when he and Pooh started communicating again, he points out, we didn't even talk about doing music. We just worked on our friendship. Right. We just talked on the phone. We just hung out. We were just around each other. Starting again, learning, relearning each other as men, as friends. And when Ninth agreed to, to, to produce that return record, mm-hmm. they ultimately decided that wasn't a good idea because he wasn't participating in the friendship. Right. He just wanted to send beats. He didn't want to talk to brothers on the phone about where they at. He didn't want to hop on the Zoom. He didn't want to just talk to cats. Because if he would have been able to talk to them, he would have known where they were at musically. Right. In terms of their life as well. And because he didn't, the friendship that he lacked, it was going to kill that thing that they had going if they'd have kept going. And what I realized, this is on my end, I realized that sometimes maintaining friendships means that you have to not do music together. Yeah. What's more important? What's more important? You yeah. got to make a call. Yeah. You know, I made a call with that in Weightless back in the day. After all that shit going on, all the shit with Jermaine still in the shit is like, and then we had that New Year's show and motherfuckers was mad at me. And I was just like, you know what, man? I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. I'm going to take everybody yeah. they record. Yeah. I went and everybody in Weightless knows. I went and did my rounds that week. Hey, man, I got all your, pro- I'm bringing everything to you. It's all yeah. yours. The reason I did that wasn't because I was like uh, trying to spite them. It was because I realized that I don't enjoy arguing with my fucking friends. Right. I don't like having no screaming matches. None of this shit over no fucking music. Friendship to me was more important than than the label. You know what I mean? Like me and Logic's friendship is repaired and we ain't even really done a lot of music since then. No, we haven't. You know what I mean? <laughs> we haven't really done anything. I talk to this man while. every week. We text all yeah. the time. But but sacrifices, because if you make the music a priority, sometimes the friendship becomes the back gets put on a back burner. I'd rather the friendship be the priority and then the music be a byproduct of that. Yeah. And I think that's what Fonte got to in the in the movie. Let me know what you think. And I think that's I think that's why the new album is so good too. Yes. Is because they got to build that friendship that they either lacked or lost, you know. Yes. It's hard to say because, you know, coming up in college, you do hang out outside of music and you do, yeah. you know, do all kind of things together. So I'm sure they had some type of friendship, but once they got in the music, that's all they did together. And it doesn't seem like they did much else. Yeah. And then when that crumbled, Everything else crumbled as well. So, yeah. but I think, you know, when you are friends and that friendship does build and is fostered and, you know, is fed and, 
you know, I think some of the best music comes out of that as well, especially when you're in a group. If you're in a group and you know each other, Mm -hmm. you know, then you know when to stop, when you stop and when they should start. Yes. This and that. And you feed off of each other very well. Part of the reason why this podcast, a lot of people say this podcast is so good is because of our friendship. Yes. You know, because we feed off of each other. We know we talk to each other anyway. We have these conversations anyway. So it's just, you know, it just happens to be people watching now. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's the only difference. But, you know, so having that friendship creates some of the best content, some of the best music, some of the best art. I think that is created, which is why there's, you know, the Wu has had their fallen outs. Yep. They've had their issues. But at the end of the day, they all still friends. Yep. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, you know, a lot of them are family too, but at the end of the day, they're all still friends. You ain't heard about the Wu breaking up and never touring with each other right. again, never talking to each other again, never, you know what I'm saying? I'm sure they're not as close as they were when they was coming up, but yeah. I'm sure cats get on the phone like, yo, what's up? How you been? You know what yep. I'm saying? Merry Christmas. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm sure that happens. So, you know, it's the friendship is always super important, especially in a group. And that's how you make the best, the best fucking art. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. That's number four. Number five lesson from this movie. And we touched on it a little earlier. We can go more into it now. The number five lesson is that with no priority, no success. Like, to me, their group is a perfect microcosm of like three talented people having different priorities. One dude's priority was solely the group. I think that was like, poo. He didn't have his solo career wasn't a priority to him. He, he wasn't was even looking, thinking solo. Yet. It wasn't. And from they said he never even thought about having a career in music, right? Yeah. So he just cared about what's the biggest opportunity for the group. How can I put us in a position for that? Uh, ninth was being the biggest producer. You know what I mean? It's to to be the next premiere. It wasn't to create the next gang star. It was to be the next premiere. They in that scene, he pointed to that poster. They said, and he said, "I want to be like Primo." Yep. He didn't say we gonna be like Gangstar. <laughs> right, 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 right. Very big difference. Big difference. And you know, he kind of achieved that in terms of who he got to work with and his notoriety at that point. Fonte was kind of to me to be the the biggest, the dopest artist to me. Mm-hmm. I always felt Ponte was just like an artist artist. Yeah. I just want to rap as good as I can and be better than everybody. Else. Yeah. That's Sing it. as good as I can be better than everybody. So like foreign exchange is like an outlet for his artistry. Yeah. Yeah. His rhyming was always to be that guy. Yeah. And so, but if you think about it, that's three different agendas. One guy wants to be the best producer. One guy wants to be the best artist. One guy wants what's best for the group. Where's the intersection of all three of these priorities? It is a little bit. It's not very big. Nah, very small. Very small. And so you think about that and like, okay, if you don't have the same priorities, you will have a hard time keeping a group together. And to me, that's where a lot of their conflict came in. It's sometimes when you, your priority as a group, when they all were on the same level, is just to make it to get signed, to be the biggest group. They wanted Little Brother to be big. But as they got into it, that didn't look like it was going to be as easy. And then their other priorities start to come out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. 
like ninth, you you could never blame him for doing what he did. Mm-hmm. Those opportunities came to him because of what he did with the group. Yeah, you can't blame him. You can't blame Fonte. Fonte always was an artist. You know what I'm saying? He's writing stuff for TV shows now, and you know what I'm saying? He's he's a, he's a writer. He's a singer, and little brother was just a vehicle for that artistry to be shown. Pooh was just like, hey, what's best for little brother? I'm down. Mm-hmm. He was just ride or die with the group, yep. <laughs> and then he felt disrespected by the group because Cass wasn't treating him like you know what I'm saying. He should have equal say or he has equal respect. But at the end of the day, I think if you want to keep something together, you got to make sure that everybody has the same priorities. Yeah. At least you can have different priorities, but they better be in the a, in a same order. Like this is my number one. This is my number two. This is my number three. Yeah. Or you better agree that, okay, at certain times, this is, we're going to always come back and do this. Like you mentioned with the Wu-Tang. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Ghostface got a solo career. Just they got solo careers, but they all agree. It's time to do Wu Tang. We do Wu Tang. Period. Yep. No yep. other dates. We cancel all this shit. Wu Tang. When we're yep. done with that, we go back to this. Yep. And everything flows because they all agree on their priorities. They don't have to like passively, aggressively rebel against time to do Wu Tang. Time to do fucking uh, little brother. They don't got to do that. But when that happens, you're going to fail. Yeah. I mean, Wu-Tang is like the antithesis of this story. You know what I'm saying? Because RZA was like, give me five years. You know what yep. I mean? And everybody was like, cool. RZA's in charge. RZA's taking us wherever we're going. Yep. It's five years. This is what we're doing. Gave them that five years. Wu-Tang, biggest group on the fucking planet. <laughs> yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's, and that's the difference between that and this everybody like you said had three different priorities everybody wanted to go in three different directions you mm-hmm. can't do that and be successful and survive as a collective it's yeah. not gonna work it's not gonna happen and it yeah. didn't Mm-mm. Mm-mm. yeah man so that's number five last one last bullet point of the night is that uh forgiveness is important the last half of the, or, or I say third of the movie to me is kind of about forgiveness. Yeah. As a yep. theme going through all of it, like whether um, they have to kind of forgive ninth for prioritizing things outside of the group, whether Pooh has to forgive ninth, whether Pooh has to forgive Fonte, whether Fonte has to forgive ninth. Like all of them have these moments where they felt like somebody, whether Pooh has to forgive Fonte for not wanting to go to another major label and being like, I'm going to go do this foreign exchange shit because I'm not going over there. And dudes is the group breaking up. Pooh wanted a break and he wanted to take a break. And Fonte was like, you know what? Fuck it. We done. That stuff creates situations where you can resent somebody for a long time. Yeah. And this movie to me the the theme that takes over the last third of the movie is forgiveness you know people being willing to get on the phone and have those conversations and know that like yo there ain't no reason we shouldn't be doing this if we love it and the people love us and they still want to hear us and it's and it's still cool because i i'll tell cats like this the secret to life is like understanding that like 
as you get older, you ain't doing a bunch of cool shit like you was in your 20s. And so you see a lot of cats, they'll they'll destroy some shit they built in their 20s and 30s. Only to become in their 40s and 50s and be like, damn, I ain't got shit cool going on. <laughs> yep. That would be it would be cool to be in a room full of people who love me. It would be cool to put out some music again with my brothers, but you destroyed it in your 20s. Mm-hmm. And then you made sure you didn't forgive nobody in your 30s. And now there ain't nothing to, to build back. You alone. You alone. You destroyed your own fucking house. So it's like forgiveness is the bridge that keeps all of that shit moving. All and it's wild. It. And it's wild that a tragedy, you know, was the trigger for that, at least for Fonte and Pooh, because mm-hmm. Fife died when Fife passed away. Yeah. And when Fife passed away, because of what Pooh went through, his health scare, even though Fonte didn't hit him up, Fife passing away made him hit yep. up Fonte. Right. And just right. telling me loved him. That was it. That was the text message. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And then they got on the phone and said they talked for like three or four hours and everything was good again. Yep. You know, and sometimes, unfortunately, it does take some hardship. It does take some, you know, something bad to happen that is close enough to your circle yeah. to make you realize that the shit that we fighting about. It's not it's not that big of a deal. It's no, not that important. Not. I miss my brother. You right. know what I'm saying? I right. want my brother back and we going to do what we can to make that happen. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I thought that was very it was it was very good to see and it was very good to see some grown black men be yes. vulnerable. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Be vulnerable and tell each other that they love each other. Yes. Tell each other that they you know what I'm saying? Like that that's some stuff that is not shown a lot and it's really it was really good to see that yeah i agree and well said yeah what some people really got to understand about the forgiveness thing too and i'm gonna add this as we go out is like you don't forgive people for them what people the mistake we make in in society is we think that i don't want to give them forgiveness because i don't want i want to hurt them Mm -hmm. i don't want them to think that what they did was okay Forgiveness ain't for them. It's for you. Like, that's what I realize about forgiveness. Like, if I don't forgive somebody for something, they just carrying on with their life. They're not thinking about that shit. I'm thinking about it, though. I'm pissed off every time that shit comes off. But if I forgive them, that basically I'm giving myself permission to move on. Yeah. I'm giving myself permission to accept that they're them and all of their flawed, fucked up this. But to say, you know what? They fucked up. They're flawed. But you know what? That's who they are. I'm accepting for who they are. And I'm not going to let this shit ride. People make mistakes, whatever. But we have to realize that forgive that we need forgiveness just as much as they need to be forgiven. You know, and that if we forget about the part where we need it as the person who was wronged, we'll never be happy. So that's it. Hope y'all got something out of this this week. This was, you know, little brother documentary. Six lessons from it. Uh, I'm gonna read them back. Number one is that bad deals can destroy a group. Number two, communication is the most important aspect of keeping a group together. Number three, one member not sacrificing can kill a group. Number four, 
keeping friendships alive and sometimes mean killing the group. Number five, no priority, no success. Number six, forgiveness is important. That's it for this week. Hope y'all got something out of this and uh, we'll see y'all next week. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Super Duty Tough Work. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow the podcast on SoundCloud. Peace. Shoot, I got styles already that's more complex that nobody know about. I mean, super duty tough work. Huh?